Welcome. This is the Word to Wisdom with John Strasse, a teaching ministry that will build you up in the love of God's Word. And now, here's John. Hey, this is John Strasse, and welcome to the program today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We're going to get right into the Word today. The Lord just put something on my heart to share with you and just to put out there. Um, And we're going to call this episode Awaken. And, you know, I asked the Lord, you know, what is it that you want to say? You might be asking yourself, what is God saying when he says awaken? And I have some points here that I've written down that are on my heart because I could have gone many ways with this message called awaken. But the first thing he put on my heart was to awaken to the redemptive plan that God has. Awaken to God's redemptive plan and what he is doing in the world today. And I say that because Christians right now, we're in September 2021, and we've had a rough year throughout the entire world. But the United States has not seen a year like this in a long, long time. Some other parts of the world are kind of used to these things, but we haven't been. But the whole world is going through lots of trouble. I don't even need to tell you that. And it has caused tremendous division between us. There's the us and there's the them. There's political divide. There's health issues that are dividing people. There's mandates that are making people afraid. There's threats all around. And Christians are running for the hills like the end is here. Like it's, you know, Jesus is going to come back in three days. And I want to show you something to change your perspective a little bit. And we'll talk about all of those things. But this message will be an encouragement to you, an exhortation to exhort you to push you a little bit to shift how you're thinking, especially if you're afraid, and even to warn you. It's predominantly to encourage you. I want you to take this all into account, though. And again, the first thing that God put in my heart was to say, awaken to God's redemptive plan. Don't give up in the times in which we are in. Don't give in to fear. Awaken to God's word. You know, everything we've been talking about over the last months is really what we're going to talk about today, just from another point of view. And it's been why I've been talking about the things I have been over the last few months. I know what's going on out there, and Christians need God's word. And if you are not deeply in God's word, you're going to struggle in the day in which we're living because you're not going to see God's point of view. God is actually doing something in the world today. He's not about to come back and take the church with him in three days from now. It's, it's, I just don't believe that's what's going on here. And I'm going to show it to you in the scriptures to help you. And I might qualify some of what I'm saying as opinion, but it's a strong one. Christians are running for the hills, saying it's over, it's over, there's no way out. This will never get better. But it will get better. I believe that it will. God has a plan that he is working on. And he's asking us to awaken to it. Open our eyes and take a look at what God is doing. Let me take you to Noah for a minute. I'm not even going to get into the scriptures of Noah. You can go back and look at those for yourself. But I was listening to somebody talk about him. And Noah would not have gotten on the ark unless he believed that God had a redemptive plan. That's something to think about. Noah didn't focus on the evil of the day, which was extensive in his day. It was so evil, God was going to destroy the world. That's how evil it was. And he told Noah 
to build an ark. It, to believe God was something like that in that day and time would have been considered ridiculous. But Noah did. He believed. And I'm not so sure most people know, but Noah didn't build this ark in a year or two. From what I understand, and I may not have my facts totally correct here, it took 120 years to build that ark. So however long it took, he had to believe God through all of that time with all the ridicule, with all the evil around him, and he had to believe a word from God. Noah built the ark for a hundred some odd years. And Noah focused on what God said and did what God told him to do. He acted on it. And he didn't give in. He didn't run for the hills. He didn't say there's no way out. God had a redemptive plan, and Noah saw it. And I'll say it again, Noah wouldn't have gotten on the boat or even built it if he didn't think that God had a redemptive plan. And if you're going to look today at headlines and respond solely to those headlines and not see the headlines that are in God's word, then you're not going to see God's redemption. The people of Israel did this when God pulled them out of Egypt, out of bondage, and took them through the desert. They couldn't see God's redemptive plan. They only saw what was wrong. So that's my second point. Let's not be like the people of Israel. They walked in fear and they grumbled and they complained. The writer of Hebrews talks about this, that these people couldn't enter into the rest of God because of their unbelief. So point number two is stop walking in fear. Stop looking and seeing only evil and start seeing God's redemptive plan to do good in this nation and in all nations. There is a great awakening that is happening. It's not going to happen. It is happening right now as we speak. And it's building very quickly. Believe in what God is doing. Believe that he wants to redeem and let's not be like the people of Israel when they tempted God and they limited God when he was trying to bring them into the promised land. David spoke about this in Psalm 78. You can read the entire Psalm. It repeats itself over and over. But there's one verse I'm going to give you. It's Psalm 78 and verse 41. It says this, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. And I dare say, brothers and sisters, when people are asking God, what's taken God so long to fix this mess that we're in? Part of the answer might be you. We can limit God just like the people of Israel limited God with their unbelief and their complaining and their grumbling and seeing only the evil. These people going through the desert where God was leading them to a promised land full redemption. He had a plan for redemption. He separated the sea for them to walk through, and they still grumbled. They couldn't see the goodness of God. They saw what was wrong, and they focused on it. And many today have taken to doing the same thing. Oh my God, the world is falling apart. And yes, in some ways it is. And are we in the end days? Yes, we are. But I'm going to show you a scripture that will Put some of that in better perspective. I'll get to that in a minute. But these people in the desert were full of unbelief and grumbling and complaining, and they limited God. They could have entered that promised land very quickly, but they didn't because they limited God with their attitudes and their unbelief and their grumbling and complaining. Don't be like that. Awaken 
That's what this is about. This is somewhat of a challenging message, and it's intended to just simply open your eyes to the goodness that God is. Everything that God is, every message and example in the Bible will show you that God always was faithful to his people. And it was only those who grumbled and complained and were full of unbelief that saw delays. God had no original intention of keeping the people in the desert waiting to go into the promised land for over 40 years. He wanted to bring them straight in, but he couldn't. Let's not be those people. Let's not limit God. Now, another really important thing I want to bring up is know the season that you are in. Let me read something to you about the times in which we are in. In John 14, verses 12 to 14, and Jesus is talking here. This is fascinating. Most assuredly, he says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Jesus was saying because he went to the father, he was going to send the Holy Spirit back. Actually, the father was going to send the Holy Spirit back and God would indwell us. We would have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and we would do the works that he did. And the scripture again is saying, the works that I do. And this is to those who believe in me, he said. Those who believe in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do. And while we are certainly in the last days, I think everybody knows that's true. We have been for a long time. It's my opinion that we are not at the very end of those last days. And this scripture that I'm using, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works than these will you do. Do you see a lot of that going on? Do you see believers all over the nations doing the works that Jesus did when he was on earth? Never mind doing greater things. And the answer is no, it's in small supply. I do see some doing it though. There are ministries right out on the streets, and they are doing exactly what Jesus did when he was on the streets. So it's here, and it's happening, and it's happening in small groups, but it's happening. And this is why I believe the time is not to run to the hills in fear and saying it'll never get better, uh, we are doomed, the end is here. I don't believe that's true. I believe that we have an amazing work in front of us. This is the encouragement here. God is doing something so incredible, it will drop your jaw when you see it. When you see the justice that comes, when you see the working of God in the land, when you see ministries healing people and raising people from the dead and seeing thousands of people get healed and more, and restoration of every kind, being seen and known throughout the lands, in all nations. This is what's in front of us. It's no time to act like you have three days left to live and running to the mountains. And unfortunately, many pastors are teaching that that's the case. Sad. And they're preaching fear and teaching fear. They're using the book of Revelations and anything else they can to, to push the point. And the book of Revelations is a good book, obviously, but we don't want to use it wrongly. I want to show you something to this end. And this is Jesus talking. I want you to look at Matthew 
chapter 24, and this is 3 to 14, the verses. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to go through it very quickly, and then I'm going to get back to my points. But the disciples asked him, you know, what, what are the signs of the end of the age? And he sat, it said in verse 3, he sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples asked him privately, saying, you know, what will be the signs of your coming in the end of the age? And first Jesus says to them in, in, in verse 4, and again, I'm going to go over this very quickly because I just want to hit some points. Take heed to yourselves that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Well, this has been going on for years. Verse 6 says that you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We hear of wars and rumors of wars almost daily now. So that's here. But Jesus goes on to say, see that you are not troubled. Well, isn't that something? For these things must come to pass, and look at what he says, but the end is not yet. Just because there's rumors of wars does not mean the end is here. Jesus is saying this himself. Don't be troubled by it, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, nation will rise against nation. We're seeing that. Kingdom against kingdom, same thing. And there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. We are seeing that. And look at what Jesus calls it. And these are the beginning of sorrows. And then he goes on to say, they will deliver you up to tribulation and will kill you. Well, they're doing that in Afghanistan right now, and they've been doing it in other nations all along. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Well, we're seeing that too. And verse 10, many will be offended. Well, that's the, the nature of our whole day is being offended. And they will betray one another, and you will see that, and they will hate one another. And we are seeing that. And false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, have we seen that in our country this year? All over. The love of many will grow cold because of this lawlessness. And Jesus goes on to say, but he who endures, not run away, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. But let's look at verse 14, because this is where things get interesting. There's something here that may be overlooked. Verse 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom you know, again, after saying all of these other things that are going to happen, the famines and the wars and the rumors of wars, verse 14 is a key verse here. He's saying, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And brothers and sisters, no one knows exactly when the end will come. But this verse saying that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness. And then the end will come. Look at that word witness. He's saying it should be preached to all the world as a witness. And this word witness in this verse really means with proof. It's like in a court of law. You have a witness that proves the case with evidence. And the only way proof will be shown in the preaching of the gospel is what Jesus did with signs and wonders and power, just like Jesus did here on the earth as an example to us. And if you look at the landscape of the church today, you don't see as much of that. You will, but you don't right now. And until that is the standard of the day that the churches are operating in the power of God with signs and wonders, Jesus said, this has to happen and then the end will come. So we have to see this happen. Then the end will come. When? I don't know. 
Would it be 10 years, 20 years, 100 years? I have no idea. My encouragement to you is don't take the position of folding and cowering and, and pulling back and running away. Look to God. Trust him. Be encouraged that something good has happened. I believe with my whole heart that America is going to see amazing days ahead. I do. And many nations will see amazing days ahead. And again, we are in the end days. I don't discount that at all. We're well into them. But I don't think this is our time to go running away in fear. Another major point here that the Lord put on my heart and has given me a beautiful scripture to, to share this idea with you. See the spiritual, not the natural. The example that I have here was Elijah when he faced an army from Syria that had surrounded him and a young man that was with him. It was just the two of them. The Syrians were at war with Israel and the Syrians found out that Elijah, the prophet, had been seeing what the Syrian army was doing before they did it and warning Israel. So Israel was always one step ahead. And the king of Syria was like, how is this happening? How are our secrets getting out? And they realized it was Elijah. So they went after Elijah and sent an entire army after him to take him. So the verse I'm reading is about that. And Elijah is standing in front of this army with a young person who served with him. And I'll read this. This is 2 Kings 6. You can read the entire account yourself, but this is just three verses that really bring my point here about seeing the spiritual and not the natural. Listen to this. This is awesome. <laughs> and when the servant of the man of God, meaning Elijah, arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to Elijah, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Most Christians are asking the same question, looking at the army that's facing them. What shall we do? And look at Elijah here, what he answers. So Elijah answers, verse 16, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the young man, I'm sure, was thinking, I don't see anybody else, it's just you and me. So Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Do you hear that prayer? I pray it about myself. Open my eyes that I may see. So again, Elijah says, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. They were there for him. And if you read the story, you will find that Elijah, with this young man with him, took the entire army captive and brought them to the Israelites. And he actually treated them quite well. So you can read that for yourself. But here again, Elijah is surrounded by the Syrian army. And being surrounded like this, his servant says, what do we do? What shall we do? And God opens the eyes of this servant. And I want you to hear me on this point. He opened his eyes into the spiritual realm. He saw these chariots and horses. There were angels. This is the host of God. When the scripture says Lord of hosts, that means Lord of angel armies. So Lord of an army, a spiritual army. This is what the young man saw. That's why Elijah said there's more with us than there are with them. 
And, I, and I'm sure after this young man saw this, he had peace and boldness after seeing this kingdom perspective, a spiritual perspective, not just the natural army that was in front of him that was threatening them, but he saw into the spiritual realm. And that must have given him great peace and boldness. And before I said, know the season that you're in, the point is this. If you do understand the season in which we're in and see that God has a redemptive plan, he's going to fulfill it. And you can ask God to open your eyes into the spiritual realm, into his word. He says, my word is spirit and it's life. We can't function by only looking at what's happening in the natural in this world. This person did that and this person stole this. And you can't just look at that. You must have spiritual eyes. And this example is perfect because it was prayer that opened the eyes of the young man that was with Elisha. Even the young man, when he said, what shall we do? That was a prayer too. What do we do? And he got an answer. And his eyes were opened by God. And he saw the truth of the matter, that God was for them, not the Syrian army. So what do we do? What do you do with all of this? What are you saying I should do? Well, it's actually simple. Right now, the first thing to do for any believer is pray and take time in the Word. It's the only way you can see in the spiritual realm as God would have you see. It's the only way you're going to be at peace. It's the only way you'll be bold. In spite of any army that is surrounding us, we need to know that a much more powerful army is with us, and they are on our side. You know, the Lord is saying, draw close to me. That's what he's saying. Run to me, draw close to me, pray, talk to me, search the word, seek after me. That's what he's saying. Awaken, awaken to him. I started out by saying that. Awaken to him. Don't give up. Awaken to his word. Awaken to what God has already done. Look at through all of history. Let that influence your thinking, the way you see God. Look at the Red Sea. Look at what he did with Noah. Look at what he did with Elisha and more. Awaken to all that is God. Open your eyes. Don't be in fear, which is sleep. Awaken. The Lord just put these simple words in my heart. He said, don't fear. I've, I've just written it down. Don't fear. Trust God that he has a purpose in these times and that he will perform it. Be of good courage. He's always said this. Let not your heart be troubled. Just before going to the cross, Jesus knew his disciples would be devastated at what they were going to see. They were going to see some Roman soldier nail him to a cross, raise that cross up so everybody could see it, and kill him. He knew they were going to see this and that it would devastate them. And yet he still said, let not your heart be troubled because he knew the redemptive plan of God. He was the redemptive plan of God. And you have Jesus. He is redemption, always. He will never leave you or forsake you. Brothers and sisters, wake up to this truth. He will never leave you or forsake you. He knows the plans that he has for you, plans for good and not evil. Yes, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. There always has been. And I believe in my heart of heart, you will see amazing things happen. But no matter, stay the course, stay close to God, awaken to him and run to him and get close to him and seek him with everything you've got. 
and let his word mean everything to you. Stand on his word. These are the things I have to say in my heart. This is what it means to awaken. It's so simple. Awaken to him. Awaken to his will in your life. Awaken to his presence in your life. And be aware of the fact that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. God is the creator. Satan was the created. Satan can't create anything. The only power Satan has is all the doubt and fear that people are mustering up. They're cooperating with him. And the more people that get into fear, the more delay, the more problems. God does not want his people afraid. So this is all I have to say today. Awaken, fall in love with God, get close to him, and hear his every word. And let it become part of your life and be life in you. So that's, again, that's where I'll leave it. I, I want to thank you for joining us today. This is something that the Lord laid very heavily on my heart to talk about. And, and I hope that it's something that resonates with you. It's, it's very simple. Awaken to God. Awaken to his word. Spend good time with him. That's what he's looking for right now. And the rest he'll show you. He'll show you what to do or not to do. So brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us today. God bless every single one of you, and we will see you on the next episode.